Thank you. God bless you. You may please be seated. We're on the fruit of the Spirit. And I'll be taking the second one tonight. Galatians 5.22. That's our main text. The Bible says that the fruit of the Spirit is love. Then it says joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. And it says against such there is no law. Galatians 5.22. Now let's look at the same scripture in the Amplified Classic. Galatians 5.22 in the Amplified Classic. And then I'll begin to teach on joy. It says, but the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which his presence within accomplishes. I'd like you to say after, say after me, the work. Come on, church. Say the work which his presence within accomplishes. Now, there is a presence in us. The presence of the Holy Spirit. At the new birth, the Holy Ghost came into my human spirit. Came into your human spirit. That's what it means to be born again. The Holy Spirit came into your spirit. And so you have the Spirit of God indwelling you. Ordinarily, you were just, uh, you just had a human spirit. But the day you made Jesus the Lord of your life, the Holy Spirit came into your spirit. And he didn't just come to dwell there. He came to do a work. And that work is what we're looking at tonight. We started looking at from about three weeks ago. The fruit of the Spirit. When the Holy Ghost comes upon us, he comes upon us to use us for other people, to be a blessing to other people. But when it comes within us, the presence within, which actually precedes the presence upon, is to develop in us character. Character. The character of God. The character traits of God. That's why when anybody's born again, people expect a change in your life, in your lifestyle, in your character, in the way you conduct yourself. Now, this change is not going to be brought about because you uh, decided to be principled or you changed your principles and stuff like that. It is going to be brought about by the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. Now, say with me tonight, the Holy Spirit is in me, working in me, that which is good, that which is godly, amen, so that I can look like God, so I can look like God. These things are for character, essentially, this fruit is one fruit, nine expressions, or one fruit, nine forms. All right, so... The Amplified says, but the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which his presence within accomplishes. What is that work that we should begin to look out for if you claim that you have the Holy Spirit in you? One, love. Two, joy, which we have in bracket, gladness. Three, peace. Four, patience, which is described also as an even temper. We will get there. But not tonight. Or forbearance. Then the next is kindness. The next is goodness. In bracket, benevolence. The next is faithfulness. Yes. 
And then we have gentleness, which is also meekness and humility. Then the next is self-control, which is also known as self-restraint or continence. And the Bible says, against such, there is no law that can bring a charge. Now, if you go further down that same chapter, I think verse 25 now, it says, verse 25, if we live by the Holy Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. That is, if by the Holy Spirit we have our life in God, let us go forward walking in line. Our conduct controlled by the Holy Spirit. Now, it is possible to have the Holy Spirit, but not allow him to lead you. You can be led by your flesh. And we are faced with choices to make every day. We have decisions to make. We have things to do. People come against us and we have a response or a reaction, you know, or simply just choosing between two options. You can choose to walk in the flesh or, by, or to walk by the spirit. In fact, there may be two good things. For example, you have a job from this company. You have another job from another company. I mean, there is nothing sinful, but you want to walk by the spirit. You want to be sure, the Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? Which one do you want me to pick up? Which offer? You know, um, you can walk by the spirit or you can walk by the salary. All right? You can look at it and say, okay, this salary is more than this one. So I'm going to go by the salary because I need a lot of money. Now, that might be right, but it might be wrong as well. It might be that God wants you to learn certain things here, even though they are offering you less pay, but he wants you to go through certain training that you will never get from the other place because he's building you up for your future to become an entrepreneur and to become an employer of labor. And if you don't go through this particular organization, you might not get that training, you might not come to that point. So it's important in all the decisions that we make on a daily basis to walk by the Spirit. We can live by the Spirit, but it's another thing to walk by the Spirit. That is to make our decisions to be controlled and affected by the Holy Spirit. So, we, in looking at the fruit of the Spirit, we looked at love, which is the primary. In the last three weeks, love is the foundation of everything that God does. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Love is the foundation. The foundation on which everything that God does is built. Even our faith works by love. The gifts of the Spirit, the nine gifts of the Spirit work by love. Why would God give you a word of wisdom for someone else? To give them to give them an utterance, a divinely inspired utterance on how to get out of their current trouble. It is because God loves them. So he gives you a word for them. Why would God, why would the Holy Spirit give you the gift of healings to help someone in a dire situation? Because he loves them. So everything that God does is based on love. Love is the royal law of the kingdom. Tonight, we're moving forward from love to joy. Now, Everybody has an idea what joy is, but not everyone really knows joy like we should know joy. But I pray tonight that as we go into this, the Holy Spirit will help all of us. Can I have an amen? Now, joy is not the same as happiness. Uh, people get them mixed up. Sometimes I have joy. Sometimes I have happiness. And um, sometimes you don't know which is which. But I believe that by the end of this teaching, you will have a better understanding. Joy is not a feeling. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Joy is a work. 
accomplished by the Holy Spirit in our born-again human spirit. So, it really doesn't have much to do with your external circumstances. It's a condition of your spirit man, your heart. Joy is a fruit of the spirit and so does not depend on our external circumstances. No, it doesn't depend on it. Externally, sometimes you are not happy. We all get to that point. I mean, maybe you just discovered that you didn't do well in a particular exam. You didn't get up to the grade that you wanted. Or maybe you uh, put in for a job and you thought they would call you for that job. And a lot of money would come in from it because you have a lot of bills to pay. But eventually, they said they would get back to you and they never did. Now, don't tell me you are going to be happy. Or maybe they eventually got back to you and they said, sorry, we got someone else. Nobody likes to hear that. Don't tell me you are going to be happy at that moment. But do you have joy? Come on. Do you have joy? Is it being expressed, though, at that time? No. Because most, more often than not, when you hear such a news, you become unhappy. We all hear things that make us unhappy. It doesn't mean that we have lost our joy. So we must balance that. We must get, get the difference between the two. Happiness is largely dependent on what goes on around us and can be fleeting or ephemeral. Happiness can be short-lived. Happiness depends on what happens around you. Like somebody just credited your account with some money. That will make you happy. Momentarily. The moment the alert comes in, you are happy. The moment you spend a little bit out of it, the happiness level begins to reduce. Because if it was 100,000 and then you spent 10,000 out of it, it doesn't become 110. It reduces to 90. And when you take another 10, it reduces to 80. And then you take 20 until it remains 2,000. Now, your level of happiness when that alert came in is no longer there now. It has drastically reduced. Somebody sent you a brand new mobile phone. Woo! Maybe it's an iPhone. I don't know what the latest is. They just shipped it to you. Maybe an uncle from the United States. And then you got it. And then, whoa, you couldn't sleep. You were screaming and shouting. And, man, I'm one of the biggest girls in church now or on campus. And you're very happy. That moment. That moment. But, but you and I know three months down the line, you are not as happy anymore. Hello? Do I have real people in the house tonight? Six months down the line, you are not as happy anymore. Two years down the line, oh no, it's old school already. You are craving for the latest model. When you buy a car, your dream car, man, I just want this car. If I, just, if I could just get it. And then finally God helps you, the car lands. Woo! You can't sleep that night. You are so happy. Top of the roof. You are happy. One year down the line, that happiness is not the same. The level of happiness is not the same anymore. Now, happiness depends on the circumstances around us. When the unexpected happens, when what you don't like happens, I don't need to give you an example. We all know certain things we don't like. You're not happy. Don't tell me you're happy. You're not. And you're going to wear a long face. And people ask, ah, what's going on now? Why, you, why do you look like this? You are not happy and you can't pretend. And can we be real? It, it happens to all of us. In fact, I saw that in the Bible. Let me show you what the psalmist wrote. 
um, Psalm 42. David, the psalmist of the sweet psalmist of Israel. Let's look at Psalm 42. So, if you're not happy tonight, don't think um, it's strange. But I pray that in the course of this service, the joy of the Lord will bubble forth in your heart. And you will be joyful as ever. And then you are going to be happy. Because you, you, can so, you can be so joyful that it overflows into happiness. It bubbles from your spirit and then to your face and your mouth and countenance and everything changes. And I pray that God will minister to our hearts tonight in Jesus' name. Now look at Psalm 42, the whole of Psalm 42. David the psalmist was writing. He said, as the heart panted after the water brooks. Now the heart is an animal. So panted my soul after thee, O God. Lord, I'm thirsting for you. I long for you. I'm looking for you. I need you desperately. Have you ever been in a situation or are you currently in a situation where you need God urgently? Like God, it has to be like right now. It can't wait till tomorrow. I need you now. I need you to turn around this situation for me. I need a new day. I need a breakthrough. Or I need a healing, whatever it is. He said, so pants my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsted for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears, now look at verse 3. My tears have been my meat day and night. The psalmist of Israel was crying. So it's not strange that believers cry. Alright? He said, my tears have been my meat day and night. While they continually say unto me, where is thy God? There are times certain things happen to us as Christians and people use that to mock you. Where is your God? After all, you're a church girl or you're a church guy, Jesus guy. Now, this has happened. Where is your God? He said, they said that to me continually. Sometimes there are situations that even mock you. The situation itself is asking, where is your God? Verse 4. He said, when I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. Now, it's, it's getting deeper now. It's going into the soul. Your soul is divided into three compartments. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. Somebody say, my mind, my will, and my emotions. Now, you are showing some emotions when you begin to cry. The psalmist said, I poured my soul in me. For I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God. With the voice of joy and praise. Now, he's talking about joy and praise. He said, this is what I've done. I've been to church. I've been part of praise worship. I've been part of the concert, the drama night. I've been part of the outreaches in church. I, I, I went with the multitude. I didn't stay back at home with the multitude that kept holiday. Now, verse 5, he's now asking his soul, why are you cast down, oh my soul? I don't get it. Why are you cast down? I'm a, I'm, I'm a joyful guy. I, I mean, I praise God. Seven times a day, David praised God. Three times he prayed. In spite of his busy schedule as a king, as a husband, as a father, as whatever, as a soldier. But he got to a point where his soul was downcast. And he was asking his soul, why are you cast down, oh my soul? This goes to show that you can speak to your soul. Some of us are in situations now that we need, to be, we need to speak to ourselves. Stand in front of the mirror and speak the word of God to yourself. Speak because yourself can hear. Amen? Amen. Speak to yourself because yourself, your inner self can hear. 
How does faith come? By hearing and hearing by the word. So when you speak the word, the inner man hears. So he was asking, why are you cast down, O oh my soul? And why are you disquieted in me? Hope thou in God. Now he was, he was now admonishing his soul, preaching to himself. Yeah. Hey, you better have the word of Christ dwell richly in you. Because there are situations in life, there are times in our lives that there will be no preacher around. You will have to preach to yourself. The Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. You remember in 1 Samuel, I think it's chapter 30 now. He went out to battle with his men. And by the time they came back, the enemies had taken their wives and children, kidnapped them away, and burnt the entire city of Ziklag. The men that went with David picked up stones. They, after weeping, they all wept. The Bible says until they had no more strength to weep. So Christians weep also. Because everything written in the Bible, whether it's Old Testament or New, the Bible says it's written for our learning. Paul the Apostle told us that in Romans. That everything that is written in the Bible is written for our learning. In the middle of the chaos, the Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. There are times that life can be lonely. You need to learn to encourage yourself. But what, what will you use as a tool to encourage yourself if you don't have the words of Christ dwelling richly in you? And how can you have the words of Christ dwelling richly in you if you will not open your Bible on a daily basis? You'll be feeding on something else. When you spend too much time on frivolities, on social media and this other stuff, You'll be, you are feeding. You don't know. Say, I'm just watching those videos. No, you're not just watching those videos. You are feeding. And it is what you feed that will grow. In the day of adversity, you will have no good word of counsel to offer to someone suffering around you. You won't even be able to encourage yourself when you two go through your storm. Because there is nothing to say, nothing good to say. It is what is in that you bring out. If there is no deposit, there will be no withdrawal. If you don't put money in your account, can you go to the ATM machine and in the name of Jesus command money to come out? It is what goes in that comes out. I beg you, church, befriend the word of God. Let the word of God be your friend. It is not just only for you. It is also for people around you, people whose lives might be depending on you in the nearest future. You never know who will come your way. That is planning to leave you and go and commit suicide. And you'll be the last man standing for them. You'll be the last contact they will have with the land of the living. And what you offer them will either make them change their mind to stay and leave and fulfill destiny. Or will actually hasten the journey to eternity. David said, hope thou in God. He was talking to his soul. Soul. Come on, hope in God. For I shall yet, somebody say yet. I can't hear that. I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Do you know what that means? I will yet see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That's like Psalm 27 verse 13. He said, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. No matter what you're going through, please keep hope alive. Don't let hope go out of the window. When hope is gone, I don't know what is left. The psalmist said to his soul, hope in God. Why? For I shall yet 
I've praised him before. I'm going to praise him again. Amen. I might be in, in between right now. Remember he said, I had gone to the house of God with the multitude that kept holy day. With, with the voice of joy and praise. Now I'm in a situation where my soul is downcast. Then he was speaking to his soul, hoping God. Because I'm going to come out of this and I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Then look at the next verse. Then he spoke to God. Oh my God. <laughs> like God didn't know. Yes, he does. But this is pouring out your heart in the place of prayer. This is bearing, every, bearing it all, making it naked before God. He said, oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan and of the Hemonites from the hill Mizar. He was saying, I will remember all the victories and the breakthroughs that you have given me before. How that you have been there for me before. May you be able to recall in the day of trouble. May you be able to recall all that God has done for you in the past in the name of Jesus. It's powerful to be able to recall. When David stood before Goliath, one of the tools he used against him was the power to recall. He said to Saul, actually, the God that delivered me from the paws of the bear and from the paws of the lion, he would deliver me from this uncircumcised Philistine because he's like one of them. He recalled. He recalled. You see, when you're able to recall, you will have hope. The Yorubas call it arupada. arupada. If you're able to recall, this was what Jeremiah, the writer of Lamentations, wrote in Lamentations 3, 21 and 22. He said, this I recall to mind. Then I have hope. <laughs> Come on. If you're able to remember, there was a time in my life when it was as though my back was against the wall. And I thought it was over. I thought I was going to die. But God came through for me. That's recalling. When you recall, then you can have hope for the future. Are you with me? Remember that time when it looked as though it was over. Remember that time when you were going to get involved in an accident and God rescued you miraculously. Remember that time that you failed the cause and you thought, oh, my life is gone. But God came through somehow. Remember that time when there was no food in the house and you didn't know how you were going to survive the next day and God showed up. Remember, remember, you must be able to remember. You must be able to recall. That's why Thanksgiving is a sign that a man has not lost his memory. When you give thanks to God. Oh yeah, I remember. So I, I praise you. The psalmist said here. Let's keep verse 7. Well, verse 7 says, Deep call it unto deep at the noise of, thy, of the water spout. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. It was describing the situation. Yet, yet. Somebody say yet. Verse 8. You see, he used yet, yet a lot here. That is, even though it has happened like this. Uh -uh, yet. Good will still come out of my life. Amen? You are not in the last chapter of your life. No! This might look like the last chapter, but there are still many more chapters. There are better chapters. There are greater days ahead of you. And you will experience it in the land of the living in the name of Jesus. He says, yet! The Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. And in the night his song shall be with me. And my prayer unto the God of my life. This is one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. And my prayer to the God of my life. I will say unto my God. I will say unto God my rock. Why hast thou forgotten me? Why go I mourning? This is depression. Why go I mourning? Because of the oppression of the enemy. 
as with a sword in my bones, my enemies reproach me while they say daily unto me, where is thy God? They are asking me, where is your God? Then he said, why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why are you depressed? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. The next chapter, Psalm 43, he said almost the same thing. Then in verse 3, he said, Oh, send out thy light and thy truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me unto, unto thy holy hill and to thy tabernacles. Then I will go unto the altar of God, unto God my exceeding joy. Next week, I'll talk about different kinds of joy or levels of joy. Unto God my exceeding joy. Yea, upon the harp will I praise thee, O my God. O God, my God. Verse 5, which is the last one. He said, why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. Amen. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Happiness is a, is a product of what goes on around us. But can I tell you what? God wants us to both be joyful and be happy. <laughs> Amen. So happiness is not a sin. And it's not carnality. God wants you to be happy. If you look at Psalm 128, Psalm 128, verses 1 and 2, very quickly. This is Bible study, so make sure you open your Bible. Psalm 128, verses 1 and 2. One of my favorite scriptures also. Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. Do you fear the Lord? Expression of, do you fear the Lord? Do you walk in his ways? Then the Bible calls you blessed. Amen. Verse 2 says, For thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands. Happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. That sounds good. Amen. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Can I get, it, get an amen? Don't let amen be in this house. For thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands. Happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. So God wants us happy. Joy came the day the Holy Spirit came. So you already have joy. Lord, give me joy. You have it already. Amen. However, the fact that a particular situation does not make you happy does not connote that you have lost your joy. Don't let the devil lie to you. I hear people use that a lot, very carelessly. You know, that thing just happened and I just lost my joy. No, it's like losing the Holy Spirit. This is the fruit of the Spirit. This is the work that his presence within accomplishes. If you lose your ATM card, does it mean you've lost your bank account? Or does it mean that your bank has died just because you lost your ATM card? No. The bank is still there, alive and well. Your account is still there, alive and well. You just lost your card. Alright, so it could happen that we lose happiness sometimes. Certain things happen that make us unhappy, but that does not mean that we've lost our joy. So stop saying, you know, that thing happened and I lost my joy. No! You didn't lose your joy. Did you lose your love? <laughs> Amen. The fruit of the Spirit. You lost the nine of them? No. Joy is locked up in your born-again human spirit 24-7. 24-7. Joy is locked up there. Whether you are walking in joy or not, joy is there. Is in your heart. Is in your spirit. 24-7. Somebody say, I have joy. 24-7.
No, no, no. That's too low. Say, I have joy 24-7. I know some of you might not feel like it. It's not in the feeling. It's the reality. Do you feel your name? I feel my name is Fred. Like today, I feel like Fred. Then tomorrow, I feel like Johnson. No. <laughs> I'm Fred every time. Praise God. Whether I feel like it or not, I am Fred. That's who I am. Joy is who you are. Is in your spirit. Amen. Joy is locked up in your born again human spirit 24-7. Now, listen. Like every other fruit, you must cultivate it and give it expression. That's what you must do. When you are not expressing joy, you might be experiencing depression. You might be experiencing sadness when you are not expressing joy. What does this mean? We have a responsibility under God to unlock these gifts, these fruits rather, to unlock them, to cultivate them like fruit. If you are given the seed of purple, somebody blessed you with, with some seed of purple and says, now you have a garden. What do you do with the seed? You put it on the shelf? You say, yeah. Seed, I want some purple tomorrow. You never eat purple that way. You need to cultivate it and then you have the fruit. And inside the fruit, you have seed also for, for, for perpetuity. So that you can sow again and reap again and sow and then reap and reap and reap and reap and reap. Amen. So you have joy locked up in your spirit man, but you must cultivate it and give it expression. Listen to this. This is my main, main point tonight. Joy is one of the most precious forces in our spirit man, which the enemy attacks. I say that again. Joy is one of the most precious forces in our born again human spirit, which the enemy attacks. He always goes after your joy. Why does he do that? Why does he like to attack our joy? I'll give you about three points tonight. Number one, it does that to weaken your faith. The enemy attacks your joy to weaken your faith. I'll tell you the connection. By faith, you will destroy the influence of the enemy over your life, over your family, over your health, over your finances, over your business, over your ministry. By faith, the enemy's influence and power is destroyed. How did I get to know that? First John chapter 5 and verse 4. First John chapter 5 and verse 4. Media, please put that on the screen quickly. I have a lot to say and I, and I need you to cooperate with me. Thank you. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Now, this is the victory that overcometh the world. Satan is the God of the world. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 to 4. This is the victory that overcomes Satan. And everything that he puts in the world, all his influence and whatever he has, there is one thing that overcomes all of them, even our faith. Can I have an amen to that? By faith, you overcome the devil. Any day, any time, if you choose to walk by faith, the faith walk is our victory walk. How then can I get this guy to not use his faith against me? Your faith is corrosive to the enemy. One of the characteristics of acid, I was taught basic chemistry in secondary school. One of the characteristics of an acid is that an acid is corrosive. If you pour an acid on your skin, it will not be nice to your skin. 
If you pour an acid on a piece of chlorophyll, we saw that in the laboratory, we demonstrated it, it burned fabrics. Your faith is the acid you carry. It is sweet to God. It is acid to the enemy. Every time you release your faith, it will destroy the power of the enemy. It will destroy the power of the devil. It will destroy him. So he hates your faith. And so if he can do anything to separate you from your faith, he will like it. It's like when you carry a bottle of acid and you, you threaten someone. If you come near me, I will pour this on your face. Oh, come on. You might be the finest girl in the universe. If they pour acid on you, you're going to be the most ugly. Uh, you're going to be the ugliest. Now, you don't want that to happen. So, because the guy carries a bottle of acid, you say, no, no, no. I, I really want to have a conversation with you. Please go and keep that. Go and throw that bottle of acid away so we can have a conversation. Why do you want him to throw it away? Because you are afraid of that thing. That thing can destroy your skin. The devil wants you to go and keep that bottle of acid away. Or throw it away completely. So that he can have a conversation with you. Because that bottle of acid you carry, that's your faith. Every time you walk by faith, imagine yourself in the realm of the spirit carrying a bottle of acid. It's not acid to God. Because God is faithful. Amen? But it's acid to the enemy. Because it destroys him. It destroys his fabrics. It destroys his influence. It destroys his power. It destroys his lies. So, how can I separate this guy from his faith? He now looks at you and looks at you and says, oh man, it's difficult to separate this guy from his faith. Okay, you know what we're going to do? Let's weaken his faith. Let's dilute that acid. There is concentrated acid. There's the one that is not so concentrated. It's been diluted. They added some base to it. Maybe some water to it. And so it is less corrosive. How does the enemy get to weaken the power of your faith? It goes after your joy. When your joy, my joy, comes under attack, which happens very often, because the devil never wants us to walk in faith, his target is to weaken you spiritually, to weaken your resolve, to weaken your faith. Look at Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 10. Quickly. Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 10. Then he said unto them, go your way, eat the fat. What does that mean? Marry. Enjoy your life. But the devil says, no. <laughs> you can't eat. You shouldn't eat. You shouldn't have appetite at all. He said, go your way, eat the fat, and drink the sweet, yeah, and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. Send something to your neighbors. This sounds like Christmas. When you are distributing food to people, go your way. Now, that scripture is not, is not you are not done yet, so go back to it. Verse 10, there's the B part of it. He said, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. For this day is holy. This day is holy unto the Lord, unto our Lord. Neither be ye sorry. Don't be depressed. Don't be sad. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. 
Remove the joy of the Lord and you are weak. Are you with me tonight? Are you with me tonight? Without the joy of the Lord finding expression, when you give too much attention to what the enemy is doing around you, and you are focusing on that and focusing on that, and it will encourage you to focus on it some more. Uh, you will soon believe the lie of the devil. Your joy level begins to go down. And when joy level begins to go down, strength level also begins to go down because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Can I look away from all that I'm going through and ignore them and act as though they don't exist? Yes, you can, but very tough. But that's why we have the Holy Spirit. And that's why we must make the quality decision to meditate on the word of God every day. And know that there are times you might be reading the Bible, your eyes are just reading the lines, your mind is not there. Amen. At such moments, ask for the help of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I want to feed on the word. Help me. Faith is your spiritual muscle with which you obtain or you carry things from the realm of the spirit into this material realm. In Hebrews 11, verse 1, the Bible says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Verse 2 says, For by it, that is by faith, the elders obtained a good report. What does it mean to obtain? They received. They collected a good report. Obtaining involves some physical activity sometimes. Um, imagine you want to get a gift from someone. You need to stretch your muscles and then receive it. For by faith, the elders obtained a good report. They took it from the realm of the spirit and they brought it to the physical realm. By faith. Faith is your spiritual muscle. You want to get anything from God, anything from the realm of the spirit into this physical realm, it is going to come by faith. Can I have an amen to that? Now, what is the connection of faith and joy? Joy tones your muscles. Joy strengthens your spiritual muscles by which you obtain things from God. It is faith that is actually the muscle with which you receive things from God. But joy helps you to tone that muscle. Those of you that go to the gym will understand that better. You pump iron and pump iron and pump iron. You tone your muscles. You provide some tonic for your muscles. You strengthen your muscle. There's a difference between those of you that go regularly and those of us who don't go at all. When we take off our clothes, you see which muscles are toned and which muscles are flabby. Glory be to God. Joy is what tones that muscle. Faith is that muscle. Don't get it twisted. But it is joy that strengthens the muscle. Joy. So when joy is low, the strength level of your faith will be low. And who does weak faith help? When your faith is weak, you can't carry anything. It's like your, your, your muscle is weak in the physical. And here is a 50 kg weight to lift. 50 kg. You can't even lift 5 kg. They say now, come on, pump, pump iron. Then you try to carry. Ah! You drop it. Or they give you dumbbell. And then you have to do all of that. But man, you're, you're just weak. You're weak from seven days fasting. 
Absolute fasting. Biri biri fasting. So now, come and pump iron. You can't pump any iron. <laughs> iron will pump you. <laughs> You're too weak. Now, somebody wants to give you a gift, and it's a 50-inch uh, brand new flat screen TV set. And then, they say, now, stretch your hands and let me give it to you. You have been fasting for 40 days. Can you receive that? You can't. You can't. You can stretch your hand, barely stretch your hand. If they put that thing in your hand, it's going to go straight down and it's going to get damaged. You see why we are not obtaining results many, many times. Because faith is weak. And it is weak because there is no joy to tone the muscle of faith. Are you with me? May the Lord grant us understanding. In Hebrews 11, 11, the Bible says, Through faith, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed. Through faith, also, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed. So, to conceive seed, she needed strength. Through faith, she got the strength. Because joy tones the muscles of your faith. Hebrews 6.12 tells us to follow the example, follow the faith of those that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. To inherit is an active word. It's like to take, to obtain. So it requires some energy. To take something requires energy. Now, if I say, Victor, oh yeah, come here. I want to give you this pulpit. And I carry the pulpit. I say, oh yeah, take. Now, if you're very weak, how can Victor carry the pulpit now? If I give him the pulpit, you fall on him because he's weak. You wonder why you're not getting answers to your prayers sometimes. Faith is weak. And you wonder why faith is weak? Joy is low. Joy energizes your faith just like love. Galatians 5, 6. In Christ, circumcision or uncircumcision availeth nothing but faith that worketh by love. Faith that is energized by love. And don't forget the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. So they work, they are all connected. The next one after joy is peace. They are all connected. When you are working by faith, your faith works by love. And the joy that comes next energizes your faith. And if you are in faith, you must have peace. That's in Romans 15, 13. And the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Because when you are in believing, it, you must evidently have joy and peace. When there is fear and agitation in our lives, it's an indication that faith is on a low level. And so we need to get back into the word and gear up our faith and then we'll see a lot of joy and peace in believing. Amen. And we'll have all hope. All these things are connected. When something goes wrong with your joy, you will also see that something is wrong with your peace. When something goes wrong with your love, it will go wrong with joy and peace. Hallelujah. Joy strengthens your faith. Isaiah chapter 12 and verse 3. I thought I'd be able to finish this tonight. Isaiah 12, 3, very quickly, please. It says, therefore with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. That scripture is very deep. I 
pray that the Holy Ghost will give you understanding as you meditate on it on your own. The wells of salvation. In that well, you have water in a well. In the well of salvation, you have healing. It's part of the package. You have eternal glory of God. It's part of the package. Yeah. Amen. You have uh, redemption. It's part of the package. You have prosperity. It's part of the package. You have the new birth. It's part of the package. You have the wisdom of God. It's part of the package. You have deliverance and restoration. They're all part of the package. They're all in the well. The breakthrough you need is in there. You can go to the well with a barrel. But you need something to draw the water out. Now, those of you who have never lived where people like us grew up, in the ghetto, in the trenches, you have no clue. Some of you in your homes, you press a button, and then water gushes out. You open the shower, water gushes out. You, you, you've never seen a well before. So a well is, is deep. <laughs> and then it has rims all around. And then there is a cover on it. If you live in the Western world, you probably don't know. You have no idea what a well is. They don't have wells. They have maybe boreholes and stuff like that. Well, I haven't seen wells abroad. I just know that you go in your bathroom, you have water. You go to the kitchen, there's water everywhere. Okay? But I grew up in a place where we have to generate our own water. Okay? So you have to, either you sink a borehole or you dig a well. And borehole is quite expensive. Well is local. Isn't it amazing? Before they had the technology of borehole, Abraham dug wells, Isaac dug wells, Jacob dug wells, our forefathers dug wells. I think we should also dig wells. So, you need a drawer. In Yoruba language, it's called doro. I don't know if it's Yoruba language, but that's what we call it. Doro. Or they call it ifami. You throw it in the well, and then you draw the water that you need. One day, the Holy Spirit gave me the illustration that, imagine yourself standing by a well. I saw myself in my former house, standing by a well, and I had a barrel on the floor that I wanted to fill. There was water in the well, but there was no drawer in my hand. How do you draw the water and fill your barrel? By speaking to the well? Is that what you do? Oh, water in the well! Water in the well! Come on, water in the well! Oh, water in the well! Oh, water in the well! You can sing from now till kingdom come. It doesn't work that way. Is there water in the well? Come on, talk to me. Do you have a barrel with which to take the water into your flat, your apartment? But will the water jump out of the well to get into your barrel? You have to fetch the water. You have to throw in the drawer. That's joy. Joy is what you need, the equipment you need to throw in the well of salvation and draw out your healing. Draw out your admission letter. Draw out your visa. Draw out your breakthrough. Draw out your freedom. Freedom from the power of Satan. Sometimes he tries to just possess our mind. Give you negative thoughts, feed you 
with suicidal thoughts. People don't just commit suicide. They have been well fed. So the overflow, the overflow is what you see. You don't know what is going on in anybody's head. Everybody has, carries their head all around. Head, head, big head, small head, long head, narrow head, whatever kind of head, whatever your shape. You don't know what is going on there. Somebody's thinking, man, I'm just going to jump. I'm just going to jump, jump a bridge. I'm just looking for a bridge to jump. The devil is walking around that mind. But hey, you can have freedom. Can I have an amen? I say you can have freedom. You can, the Bible says the weapons of our warfare, 2 Corinthians 10, for are not carnal. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. Imagine yourself jumping from that bridge and you just die. That thought comes. What do you do to that thought? Two things. Slop it down. And then two, shake it off in the fire. Can I have an amen? What if the money you are trusting God for does not come? You say, what? What did you say? Amen. Amen. We can have freedom. We can have freedom. But you have to throw in joy. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to myself also. You have to throw in joy into the well of salvation to draw out whatever you need. Joy, in fact, the Holy Ghost told me, he said, joy precedes the miracle. It happens. Joy must come before that miracle shows up. If you keep being depressed, you will never have <laughs> anything good that you're trusting God for. Like my wife was telling me earlier today. I said, when you worry, worry, worry about a certain thing, a certain situation. Now tell me the results that worry produces. Now, it, it wasn't strange. I've heard that before. Even me, I've preached that before. But... It, it, it sounded differently this time. Do you ever get worried so much and then you get a bank alert, credit alert from the bank? We have just decided to credit your account because we found out that you worried a whole lot. It's a sheer waste of time. Jesus said, how many of you by worrying can add a cubit to his stature? Can you grow taller by worrying? Can you become more beautiful by worrying? Actually, the other way. Mm. Joy is the drawer that you need. It is with joy that we draw water from the wells of salvation. Let me tell you this, church. Whatever you need is in the well of salvation. You're watching online from any part of the world tonight. I don't know what you're going through or you're listening. Whatever you need is in the well, the wells actually of salvation. Whatever. God has abundance of these wells. But to access what you need, the freedom. Some of us just need freedom. You just need to be free. Some of us is just, you just need your peace. You just need to be able to think straight and be creative. Get it. It's in the well. It's available. But you need to throw in joy. You need to throw in joy. And joy is already on the inside of you. Throw it in and draw what you need. Can I have an amen? Can I have a better amen? Number two, and I'll stop at number two. Joy aids your hearing from God. Don't give room to depression. So you won't just be hearing and meditating on the words of Satan. Joy aids your hearing from God. I'll stop there. Isaiah 30, verses 29 to 31. Isaiah 30. 
I, I don't know why Isaiah, as an Old Testament prophet, spoke so much about joy. I'll show you a few things that he said about joy, and then we'll close tonight. Go to Isaiah 30, verses 29 to 31. Look at this. Let's read this together. One, two, go. You shall have a song. That sounds like joy, right? When you have a song, you sing a song. Is any, is any Mary? James said in chapter 5, is any of you Mary? Let him, let him sing. Amen? And you shall have a song as in the night when a holy solemnity is kept. And gladness of heart. That's joy right there. As one goeth with a pipe to come into the mountain of the Lord, to the mighty, the mighty one of Israel. Yeah, next verse. And the Lord shall cause his glorious voice to be heard. You shall have a song and gladness of heart, joy. Step one. Step two, God will cause his voice, his glorious voice to be heard. You don't hear God in depression. You hear Satan. That's why he likes to keep people in depression. That's why depression leads to suicide. Because Satan is at work. Tonight, he loses his grip on our minds in the name of Jesus. And shall show the lighting down of his arm with the indignation of his anger, with the flame of a devouring fire, with scattering and tempest and hailstones. Yeah? Verse 31. Through the voice of the Lord that you hear in verse 30, shall the Assyrian be beaten down, which smote with the roar. Every enemy will be beaten down through the voice of the Lord. Every challenge that you go through, everything that faces you, that opposes you, through the voice of the Lord that you hear from your inside, you have victory over them. But for you to hear the voice of the Lord from the inside, you shall have a song and you shall have gladness of heart. Amen? So, this is one sure step to victory. I need to have a song. And God gives his children a song. Glory be to God. I said God gives his children a song. Glory be to God. I need to have joy. Express my joy. Then I will hear the voice of the Lord. Then the opposition will crumble. Three simple steps. Joy. You hear from God. And what you hear gives you the victory. Faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word. Hallelujah. I, Isaiah spoke so much about joy. Isaiah 61 verses 1 to 3. Look at that very quickly as we close. And Jesus quoted that later in Luke chapter 4. Verses 16 to 19. Let's see what Isaiah said. Quickly. Isaiah 61, 1 to 3. That will probably be the last scripture for tonight. He said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives. And the opening of the prison to them that are bound. Amen. Go on quickly. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all that mourn. Right? To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. To give unto them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. So you stop mourning. Now have the oil of joy. You've mourned enough. Now receive the oil of joy in the name of Jesus. Then he said, come on, can I have an amen to that? He said, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Holy Spirit told me years ago, that thing called depression is a spirit and it is the spirit of heaviness. When it sits on people, it is very heavy. It has heavy weight. That's why it's hard 
for them to come out of it. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? The spirit of heaviness, when it sits on people, they are pressed down. That is depression. But Jesus said, he quoted that in Luke chapter 4. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. He said, instead of the spirit of heaviness, I'm going to give you a garment of praise. Instead of mourning, I'll give you the oil of joy. When you rub it on your face, your face shines. Amen? You radiate joy everywhere you go. They think you have all the money. No, it's joy. The joy of the Holy Spirit. They think you have the result yet. No, it's just the joy of the Holy Spirit. To give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Next week, I'll make my number three point. My number three point is very powerful. You need to come to church and hear it. Amen. And then I'll talk about a few other things about joy. And then that will be it for joy. Glory be to God. Let's stand to our feet tonight. Have you been blessed tonight? Have you been blessed tonight? Now, expressing joy is not automatic. It is going to be by choice. You will choose to express and to release joy. I know what it means to be in a very difficult situation. When it's so tough to even smile. <laughs> I know it. I've been there myself. Some of us have been there. Some are there right now. And the Holy Ghost knows why he's getting me to teach this at this time. And this is even what we are treating right now. When there is no joy in praise worship, everything is going to be drab. When there is no joy in drama presentation, it will be dry. When there is no joy in preaching, it will be like, whoops, finish up and let's go. When there is no joy in a life, or I mean when joy is really very low, we lose taste for everything. It's not just taste for food, for everything. You don't want to get up from your bed. You don't want to go out to do anything. You just want to stay indoors and mourn and keep your head down because you just don't have the energy. Somebody will say, come, come, come to the next street. He said, I'm tired. I can't. I don't want to come. You don't want to go. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. When joy is low, strength is low. You don't want to write that exam. You want to postpone it. You don't want to even go to school. Because of low level of joy. I pray for everyone tonight. I don't know what we're going through, but I'm just going to pray. This is how we end it tonight. Precious Holy Spirit, you know your children. You know us all. You know each of us. You know every single one of us. Both your children here on site and those who are online. You know the situation that got us to where we are right now and why it is so hard for us to lift up our heads and smile.
But Lord, you also have the answer to smash into pieces the hold of the enemy which he has mounted like a garrison around our hearts and minds. But your word says that by the anointing, such yokes are destroyed. So I ask, precious Holy Spirit, that even at this moment, you release your mighty anointing, your burden-lifting, burden-destroying, yoke-destroying power into every life, into every heart and mind, and destroy whatever it is that the enemy has put in place there, limiting us in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, whatever occasioned how we feel now, please, Lord, step into the situation. Step into it. Whether it's caused by loss of money or a business that went bad or the loss of a loved one or the loss of an appointment or admission, whatever it is, losses give us a sense of, of hopelessness. And so, precious Father, only you can turn around a loss and bring a message out of a mess. So I ask tonight, by your mercy, that you know every individual. So please, intervene in each of our cases. Let us see you. Let us stop seeing the devil. Let us see you in the name of Jesus. Let us see you in action. Let us see your love again. Let us see hope. Let us see a new day. Weeping indeed me endure for a night, according to Psalm 30 and verse 5. But joy cometh in the morning. Lord, make this moment the breaking of a new day for us. Let everyone go free. And let us come back rejoicing to this house to share our testimonies. And those who are online, who are in far countries, let them be able to send it by email in the name of Jesus. And so may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the sweet communion of the precious Holy Spirit rest and abide forever.